I want to read something that I wrote, and I, I want I hope this challenges the heart of every person. When I look at our nation right now, I see a nation in complete disarray, politically, economically, racially. But I also see another thing happening, an awakening, a spiritual, a political, and a national one. Although we may not address all these issues today, I believe that every one of us can see and feel that something is wrong. I want to make a statement right up front, which our nation needs to understand. When I read that sacred book called the Bible, my God does not see and never refers to the color of a man or a woman's skin. In the book of Acts, it says he has made us from one blood, every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. And he has determined there are pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. So they should seek the Lord in hope that they might grope for him, though he is not far away. In the book of Revelation, and believe you me, we are, we are knocking at the door of this very time of, of what many call Armageddon. It says, after this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes, peoples and languages, all nations, tribes, people and languages. Nowhere, nowhere does God mention color. Nowhere. There is one color that runs through the heart of every single human being. It's called blood red. But those that are discontented, the retributionists, those screaming for vengeance, they're not after reconciliation. They want punishment. They want justice. Well, if our political leaders and some of our extreme lefties like the Lydia Thorpes and the Bernies of our world want justice, let me tell you, Justice will start at the subpoena of your conscience before the throne of Almighty God. And let me add this. If he were to do that, not one of us would last. You see, when I read a sacred book called the Bible, which they are trying to discredit, disrepute and eradicate. I read a book about reconciliation based on this forgiveness. And let me remind every one of you that that word forgiveness means this to cancel the debt. But what they are doing right now, Albanese, and might I say even some of our liberal members, apart from a few, and I'm very grateful for the likes of Senator Alex Attic and some of the other people that are standing, they are not for redemption or for healing. No amount of constitutional change, no amount of virtual signaling, no amount of dollars can do what the almighty hand of God can do. We have wasted billions on fake reconciliation, squandered billions, billions on a pharmaceutical industry which has caused people to die unexplainably and yet without any remorse or any recantment from our government officials. Where will our nation be in the next 10 years if we don't do something now? There will be no reconciliation. There will only be depletement, punishment, controls by elitist people, identity addiction, addiction to drama, addicted to the whims and the wants of unelected officials who want to control us. Every fiber of our being, every moral compass that they are signaling us to is leaving us confused, fearful, deluded, segregated and alienated. 
and especially alienated from our Creator, which effectively alienates us all. The Labour Party, which was the party of the people, has now become the party of the elites, the privileged. Sadly, the Liberal Party, who once represented our conservative values, has now become the party of compromise. And dare I say, and I want to make a great statement, thank God for the likes of the Warren Mundines and the Alex Annex and a few others out there. Whitney Houston once said, I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. But our woke progressive culture has sacrificed our children at the altar of transgender transgenderism, bodily mutilation. Instead of leading our children, our children seem to be leading us, led by a pack of pedophiles, led by a pack of modern-day idols who parade themselves in satanic rituals right before our very eyes. And yet, the church stays silent. This is not a problem of the government. This is a problem of parenting. Why is it that in our nation, children between 10 and 17, indigenous and white, roam the streets, roam the streets? Where are the parents? And don't give me these crybaby stories. Oh, they come from broken homes. You're looking at one right now. But every man and every woman has a free will. We must subpoena our parental conscience before the throne of God and realize we are all pilgrims. And to every pilgrimage, there is a destination. We have abandoned the Ten Commandments of which all government wants existence. We've abandoned it. To what? Extreme ideologies, left-wing craziness. Once a great nation has become a hostage to a climate cult. It has left us depleted, disassociated, unresourced, lacking moral fibre. And now I know many of you of us have different views on religion and politics. However, there is one catch cry we need to have right now. And this is it. Here's the catch cry. This is not going to happen on my shift. I said at the beginning of the pandemic that to every freedom there is a fight. Now to every freedom there is an agitator, there is an instigator, and there are liberators. Let me remind you, everyone, that pharaohs like the Palachuks and Palaches, and dare I add that guy down there in Victoria and the one in Western Australia and so many others and the Lydia Thorpes and everybody else, that pharaohs are not your friends. And let me add, Moses is not your enemy. Our addiction to this country, to bread and circus, the pathetic leadership of a frail, weak compromised leader like Biden. He's fallen, fallen to the whims and wants of an actor. And I am not for one, not for once saying that what Russia is doing is correct. But you don't want to poke the bear and you don't want to bait the dragon, especially when you are a country without any form of defense. And all we can throw back is is verbal, absolute dribble. I'm not defending Russia, and I'm certainly not defending Ukraine. I am defending truth. We want this nation to be free, and we need to fight for freedom. The battle is in the mind. There has been a war on our mind that has been assaulting us, not for the last two or three years. The attack on our indigenous people with the virtual signaling. Every day this week, I've spoken with indigenous leaders. As a matter of fact, 
I asked people on the opposite side of the fence where I, of where I and most of us stand to appear today. But they're gutless. They're cowards. They don't want to be asked the hard questions. Do you know why? Because they vacillate from one to another. They are sacrificing our beautiful indigenous people as if they have not suffered enough. As if they have not suffered enough. And they think, Albanese thinks, that the stroke of a white man's pen is going to erase the problem. I think not. Let me remind Mr. Albanese, who said the answer to all these problems in Alice Springs is the voice. Well, I'm going to Alice Springs on March 8th, and I'm spending three days among the people, not shacked up in some five-star hotel licking ice creams and hanging around with people wearing Gucci clothes. Not that I care what clothes they wear, but they have no idea and no concept of the suffering. Nine days a, a year, kids go to school up there. Then they're left to roam the street. Alcoholism. You could stop the problem like that if you wanted to. But, of course, the tax dollar is too great. Sadly, I want to say that our pulpits are weak and woke. Our progressive culture has snuck its way into the pulpits. And I'm sorry if I get emotional about this. Our pulpits once stood for truth, righteousness, freedom, and real justice and reconciliation. Where are the Finneys of today? Where are the Whitfields? Where are the voices? And I want to warn every single minister, that very book that you profess to preach from, which mostly is pop psychology, three points and a poem on a Sunday morning. There is no power in your rhetoric that a five-year-old's got more power to blow out a candle on a birthday cake than what most of our pulpits are. They don't fear the prayers of a John Scott, as Mary, Queen of Scots, said, I fear the prayers of John Scott more than an army of a thousand men. Where are the booths? Where are the booths of our day? You say, Pat, you're emotional, you're upset. My concern is that you're not emotional and you're not upset. Of course, those of you here, you are upset. I had a minister say to me, Pat, you come across angry. My response is, I'm surprised you're not angry enough. Because Luther said, when I am angry, I think more clearly. My rhetoric is more powerful and my thoughts come faster and easier. The pews need to start firing with the word of God, the true word of God, not in a way to condemn, but in a way to reconcile. That very book that you profess, they're coming after it. They proved they could silence you, buy you and shut you down. Yet on the other hand, there is a great move. Later on today, you'll hear from two great men experiencing two great awakenings. We have a choice. We have a choice. We will either return to our roots. We will either pray and push back. And I'm not talking about violent pushback. I'm talking about prayerful, reconciliatory, intelligent. You see, truth never minds being questioned. But lies hate it. 